Pacific law enforcement agencies are anticipating an increased threat from transnational and organized crime in the region. It's one of the key messages to come from a gathering of Pacific police, customs and immigration officials in Nandi, Fiji last month. This is all outlined in a detailed report on the outcomes from the meeting which was released on Friday last week. The report which outlines key threats from transnational and organized crime in the region was compiled by the Australia Pacific Security College. Its interim director, Jay Caldwell, joins me now. Kia Jay, tell us a bit more about the details in this report. I, I think overarching it is kind of the message that the uh, transnational crime threat is going to be increasingly challenging uh, for the Pacific. Uh, that was a strong part of the conversation um, that we heard over the several days, both from academics and practitioners. There's a number of reasons driving uh, the sort of the change in the crime environment, and some of it links back to the COVID experience we've both been through and are going through. Um, that uh, transnational criminal organisations um, they they don't stay still, and uh, despite the fact they didn't have uh, necessarily those from outside the region didn't have a lot of access, they develop new ways of engaging uh, with people and communities, um, and that's that's created I guess an, an additional set of avenues for them to engage into the future. Um, We all know the financial pressures that come out of COVID um, and that creates a challenge for Pacific communities in terms of perhaps a draw towards aspects of transnational crime uh, that could be both an income source and I guess a a sort of a way to deal with the pressures uh, that are are being faced. Um, And also we've got other parts of the world that are getting better at pushing uh, transnational criminals out of their space. Um, and that means that the Pacific is a more attractive uh, location to look at. We heard uh, from the sort of international community looking at fin- uh, uh, financial uh, intelligence and looking at uh, the movement of illegal funds and saying that the Pacific Islands are increasingly turning up in their investigations in all parts of the world um, as they're seeing the movement of funds into the Pacific. So uh, I think one of the key messages coming out, Karoy, is that... Uh, this is going to be a more challenging environment for Pacific law enforcement and the communities and governments of the Pacific to be facing over the next period. And, and how much of that experience is is sort of local and country by country, and and how much of, of the both the experience and the the action on this is is occurring regionally? Um, so look, the it it is different in different countries, and that was really clear coming through uh, in, in the conversation that while there are some, I guess, some overall uh, big pieces in terms of what, uh, what transnational crime looks like um, in the Pacific, um, and, and, and sort of the big three, if you look at it, in terms of transnational crime is drug movement. Uh, and we've seen that in, 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 a, in a communities right across the Pacific. Uh, one of the big transnational crime threats is in the maritime space and particularly illegal fishing as a form of transnational crime. Um, one of the most concentrated risks the Pacific faces, um, and and trafficking in persons we know is an issue, but kind of don't know the bounds of it, um, and it's not clear where it is uh, in terms of where it's at most effect. But we also saw real differences in the in the conference in terms of how that uh, uh, the impact of transnational crime is felt, um, and and the where where places where it's having most effect, particularly on communities in terms of cultural. Uh, cultural impacts in terms of how communities are knitted together can be experienced really differently. But this is, in fact, a whole range of crime types 
you know, we talked about the big three, but they're right through from things like counterfeit goods as well. And as I said, sort of illegal money movements um, is a really important one as well. Um, but I think one of the things you've hit on there is about regional, that actually there are solutions in the region. And the, the real, one of the core messages that came out, particularly from our law enforcement leaders who are in the room, is the importance of collaboration across police, customs and immigration, but the ability to collaborate across countries. Um, and I know the Pacific Island Forum Secretariat is doing some really important work at the moment on developing a regional transnational crime disruption strategy. Um, and they were there uh, sort of part of the conversation, but also kind of uh, collecting ideas that will be part of the Pacific's response uh, to this growing threat. And always... Uh, um... A lot of issues, concerns, difficulties, challenges raised at these conferences. Were there were there many solutions posed? Um, yeah, and, and I think a celebration, I guess, of some of the solutions that have been uh, Pacific-centred over a long period of time. So um, the, the transnational crime units uh, that have been established since, I think it's 2004, um, to work uh, between police, customs and immigration in Pacific communities, there's 28 transnational crime units doing a fantastic job in terms of coordination and collaboration, uh, both within countries and then across between countries. Um, not to say that those couldn't be improved over time, but that really is one of the uh, solutions that, that is genuinely Pacific owned and Pacific led. Uh, and uh, so 50% of those uh, include all agencies um, involved in law enforcement. And I think there's a real opportunity into the future um, and, a, and a number of our participants identified it to bring in people like the financial intelligence units uh, that are operating in Pacific countries um, into that transnational crime space. Um, one of the other things we found is, and we had a lot of partners from uh, donor countries, particularly um, or, uh, sort of who, uh, who had uh, ideas on the sidelines and proposals and possibilities in terms of both building solutions and uh, working with Pacific countries. And uh, that's really wonderful. I think that the Pacific, Pacific countries are in a Pacific uh, position of strength at the moment in terms of being able to negotiate, importantly, um, solutions that are Pacific-owned, uh, Pacific-led, and, and where the data is maintained uh, in terms of Pacific ownership as well. Um, and one of the key areas highlighted in the conference was in the maritime domain, and in maritime domain awareness, which will be a conversation, I'm sure, that'll be bubbling around the Pacific over the next couple of years as we develop additional uh, capability in maritime domain awareness. But, but I think one of the things to say is this conference is the start of a conversation going forward. So uh, Police, Customs and Immigration signed a partnership in 2018, a declaration of partnership, because they understood the importance of it. But this is the first time they've been able to bring all of their membership together. Um, the, the Secretary General for the forum, when he closed the conference, said he hoped this would be the first of many. Um, and, and I think there will be activities going like the conference and including conferences into the future. But it's really important to keep that um, pattern of collaboration and active engagement together, uh, both working in terms of uh, sort of collaborative uh, enforcement activity, but also working in terms of thinking about how we knit our systems together.